Premier Christian Newscast. Hello and welcome to Premier Christian Newscast. I'm Tim Wyatt and this week we're exploring the resurrection of the Christian Conference. When the first lockdown hit back in the spring of 2020, it was a devastating blow for big events. With everyone legally mandated to stay at home, everything from spring harvest to new wine to focus was forced to cancel their gatherings, sometimes with just a few weeks notice. At the time, some feared these conferences wouldn't be able to bounce back from this bolt from the blue, with losses of up to a million pounds predicted for some events. There were dark warnings that alongside the many other losses from coronavirus, it might claim another unexpected victim, the Christian Summer Festival. But those fears have turned out to be wide of the mark. This year, all the major events that were cancelled back in 2020 returned in person. In today's episode, I'm talking to those running three of the biggest conferences to find out how they survived COVID, what it was like to bring their events back, and how the last two years of lockdown might have changed the Christian festival for good. In those shocking and bleak days in late March 2020, as the pandemic suddenly took over the world, the messages coming out of Christian conferences were very downbeat. Spring Harvest was just weeks away from taking place when the lockdown was imposed. The organisers quickly cancelled all four of their gatherings and issued everyone a refund, but warned that this would come at a huge cost. The financial consequences for Spring Harvest of coronavirus were grave, the organisation's chair, Gavin Calver, wrote in a message at the time to those who had booked tickets. We are in an unprecedented situation, he wrote. Please would you consider donating some of your refund to ensure that Spring Harvest's unique ministry continues. A similar plea came from New Wine. The charity said it had already spent large sums on its summer events, which they could not recoup, and warned that if everyone who had bought tickets did claim a full refund, it would set New Wine back more than £1 million, putting the future of the charity at risk. In offering refunds, we are placing ourselves in your hands and under God's provision, their statement warned, asking for anyone who could afford it not to request a refund and even donate more money to cover the financial black hole. The Big Church Day Out estimated at the time that cancelling their 2020 plans would cost them about £500,000, as most of the spending on the festival had already happened with their insurance refusing to cover the unprecedented circumstances of the pandemic. The Big Church Day Out said they too were in a precarious position and asked for donations to secure their future. I started by asking Phil Luce, the chief executive of the charity which organises Spring Harvest, to explain how it had managed to avoid financial collapse and bounce back so strongly. Now, it had an impact upon our finances, <laughs> as you say. So in that year, of course, you're returning everybody's money for an event they can't come to. But because of that, we said to people, hey, we need your help because, um, you know, this was our plan. This is what's happened. We've done as much as we can to, to, to alleviate it and still deliver that ministry. And uh, But we didn't know what was going to happen. There was an expectation that the whole thing would come down. But we received gifts in excess of a million pounds and we were able to restructure and you know, the government provided some opportunities through um, all the furloughing. 
So through some careful management by the whole team and the board, we were able to get through that first lockdown. But actually, that was all about ministry opportunity. It was all about innovation. It was all about turning on a sixpence, <laughs> which a lot of people listening won't know what a sixpence is. But nevertheless, um, turning on a very small coin to hmm. uh, make an about turn and and try and still deliver ministry. But when you're up against that level of a, of a problem, you have to innovate. So that's what we've seen many Christian events do. And while Spring Harvest was the first, um, obviously a lot of other events followed suit. And we were able then to try and lend our the experience and the things we did right and the things we did wrong. We were able to chat with other events and say, look, this is what we found. This is how it went for us. And then we could try and help each other um, because delivering ministry impact for all these Christian events is where we're at. Um, mm. So there we go. That's really encouraging to hear. I mean, I remember writing about this back in the just the start of the of the lockdown and and as you say, you know, like Spring Harvest, like New Wine, a lot of events basically had to ask people to say, you know, please decline your refund because if if everyone who claims a refund that they're entitled to, like we could be in in real dire financial straits. And yet mm. it seems like everyone seems to have charted a course through. Mm. Do you think that's in part just down to the kind of generosity of ordinary Christians who said, Do you know what? I've got I've gained something from Spring Harvest and I don't want to see this disappear for future generations. I'm willing to take the financial hit and not and maybe give some money back or not claim the full refund? I think um, I think there's a mix of reasons, of which every reason is the right reason. So there would be some that would say exactly that, you know, we don't want our money back, we want to give... I mean, everybody from Spring Harvest had to have their money back. I mean, it's there's a... You, you had to physically send your money back to people who weren't coming because that's that's just how it works. And so there were two decisions to make for an individual at home, which was, I've received my money back now, am I going to give it back? So that's quite an interesting decision process when you've got it in your bank account mm. to decide whether you want to give it again. So from our point of view, um, I would say that there are over 42 years of Spring Harvest ministering and equipping the church for action. There are so many people that have felt the blessing of that and have felt the impact of that in their own lives, maybe in the lives of their children, so I think when we see the impact of events, taking it away from Spring Harvest for a minute, when we see the impact of an event on a person's life, and whether that is a crusader holiday now called Urban Saints, whether it's going away with the Boys Brigade or your church youth group, whether it's going to New Wine or Satellites or Limitless or Dreaming the Impossible or Keswick, all of these things create moments for people where they're away from their normal day to day. And the Lord Jesus touches their life in a way which is remarkable. So why would you not want to sow back into somebody else's life? Why would you not want to put your money where your heart is? Why would you not want to do that? Kate Wharton, who was on the leadership team for New Wine, said that while the pandemic had put the charity in a hole, they nevertheless felt their replacement online conference, which they launched after cancelling the in-person festival, should be offered to all for free. You know, we were in a difficult financial position. Obviously not running our event hugely impacts us financially, um, but we were certain that the right thing to do was to give this event away for free and it was really well received and, and it was wonderful. Our kids and youth teams are incredibly creative. Uh, we had wonderful speakers. Um, so I think, I think what we did was great. Um, and I don't think we ever, I, I don't think we ever sort of thought, oh, what if, what if we never come back from this? Because, you know, we're sure that God has got plans for new wine and for our future. But of course you do wonder, 
or what's it going to look like um, what's going to have to change and and you know of course because of the length of the lockdown and the pandemic nobody could predict what was beyond it mm. um so yeah lots of lots of big questions lots of uncertainty lots of creativity yeah all of that I, I just look back at the statement that um that new wine put out uh back in in 2020 and and it's quite striking it's quite kind of vulnerable in a way you know it says in offering refunds we're placing ourselves in your hands and under god's provision and kind of says that you kind of say that if everyone who was booked on for 2020 did ask for a refund it would cost the organization you know over a million pounds uh, which is money that new wine might not necessarily might not have had did, did it feel quite, quite kind of vulnerable or were you quite confident as you say that 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 God would kind of bring you through this this tricky season, or that the kind of the people of New Wine would would have your back there. I think it was a mixture of both, to be honest. I think, of course, we felt vulnerable because it was it was out of our hands completely, um, and you know, no, none of us knew. None of us knew what what people would do. None of us knew how long the pandemic would last. And of course, we know now the financial toll of the pandemic but also now the cost of living crisis you know it wasn't just a case of people saying oh well we really love new wine so that's fine you know we won't ask for a refund some people simply couldn't do that and we understood that um and I think one thing that we wanted all the way through is we wanted to be completely open and honest with people we didn't want to play games we didn't want to um you know emotionally manipulate people of course we didn't we wanted to tell people this is where we're at this is what is going on for us this is what we're sensing as much as we can and as much as we know for the future. So I think we did definitely feel vulnerable, but also we did we did feel confident because we we have never felt that God is finished with new wine. Um, we've we've prayed throughout this whole thing and we've we've left everything open before God. We've said, should we should we plan for another gathering? Should we go forward in this way or that way? You know, what should we do? And we've we've never once felt God saying this is the end for new wine and so it's been a you know sometimes we've only been able to see the, the next step um but we felt it right to to move forward and and we really hoped and prayed that we'd be able to gather in 2022 and, and we did um so yeah definitely a huge mix of vulnerability and confidence really and and new wine you know we, we use the language of family a lot within new wine um we're not just an event um we never have been really uh, we're a network we're a we're, we're a family we're a group of of people and churches and leaders who, who gather together in all sorts of ways and we gather together for training and for leaders events and for local gatherings and for celebrations and for a big summer event mm. and lots of people their only engagement or their main engagement with, with new wine is our united event but that isn't all we are um, and people see us like a lot of people I think see us as family and so if your family's in need you you want to help so a lot of people were incredibly generous and we're grateful for that. Other festivals were better prepared to ride out the storm of the sudden lockdown and cancellations such as the Keswick Convention. Their ministry director James Robson said that the convention's unique funding model meant that Covid actually was not an existential threat after all. The Keswick Ministries model is different from pretty much every other festival and event, as far as I understand or aware, as in um, the event is free mm. and people give to come and a number give through the year, a bit like in a normal church setting. So we were able in 2020 to effectively to 
press pause and not to run a physical event, but to move it all online. But we, we're okay financially because we avoided incurring all the cost of running the physical event. And we didn't get the same level of donations from the event itself. But financially, it was fine. Did you feel like that, that the kind of, as you say, the unique Keswick model kind of left you um, kind of better protected for this kind of unprecedented crisis than, than, some, of the, than some of the other festivals and, and conferences? Yeah. Yes, I said, I'm not sure that you were better protected, but, um, but um, the model of people giving, and it's always for 147 years been funded by donations, stepping out in faith, laying on an event, and then trusting the laws people to provide, meant that um, we did feel we were able to um, to go ahead. It wasn't like someone was buying a ticket and would ask for their money back. It's just a different model. So we felt very um, uniquely privileged, I think, and therefore with a unique responsibility, as in the Bible, um, privilege goes with responsibility. So for us, we felt that, so we were keen to go ahead. So with the country in lockdown, each conference then had a second decision to make. After calling off their physical in-person events, should they then try to reinvent the gatherings online? Phil Luce from Spring Harvest said his team had to literally turn lorries around full of equipment ready to head for Butlins and instead set up a studio to film their conference in just a few days. Well, it was amazing, really. I think whenever these things come up that you aren't expecting, then you have two ways of approaching. One is with fear and trembling, and the other is with innovation and opportunity. And what the team at Essential Christian, the home of Spring Harvest, that's the charity that looks after Spring Harvest, um, achieved was they 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 turned the lorries round. <laughs> I mean, they were packed and ready to go. And they turned the lorries round and said, what are we going to do? And rather than running for the hills, they said, right, we're going to film everything and put it out online. So that April of 2020, this is where it gets confusing with everyone listening, isn't it? All the years have merged into one. Um, they went on YouTube and Abby Guinness led the charge, the director of Spring Harvest. And in that week of our event online, which was free, um, 187,000 devices connected to Spring Harvest online. And a quarter of a million hours of teaching were watched, listened to, appreciated in that week. And so in terms of the impact, because we're a charity and we want to deliver ministry impact, we delivered extraordinary ministry impact. Premier Christian Newscast. Christian Newscast. As we all remember all too well, a year later in 2021, the UK was back in lockdown, trying to stamp out new, more infectious variants of COVID. And so once again, Spring Harvest was cancelled and moved online. However, unlike New Wine, the team decided they were going to charge for this second digital event. So nevertheless, yeah, year two, it was very much, right, we've got to try and make this work. So we need to charge for a ticket. We need to go online, we need to charge for a ticket, we need to think this through, we need to do this differently. Do we need to use YouTube and make it free or do we need to have our own platform? So late one September evening, I was with my wife here and um, praying because 
we didn't have a platform that we could run Spring Harvest on that wasn't YouTube. It didn't exist. There were many that were out there, but they're extraordinarily expensive. I mean, I won't go into the detail, but you can hear it in my voice, those of you listening. It was like tens of thousands of pounds to do this thing. And it's like, this, no, 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 we're charity, you know, and YouTube is free, but we need to try and have some level of control over what's going on. Anyway, late night, I messaged a friend whose event online that I'd been to um, in America as it happened. And I said, can you give me a hand? I don't really know how we're going to deliver Spring Harvest in 2021 online, but I think the platform that you've got is the one that we need. This person comes back to me and he goes, Phil, I knew you were going to call. He said, my dad was in Youth for Christ when we started Spring Harvest, so I know all about it. Why don't we hook up tomorrow on um, on Zoom? So in two, within two days, I had one meeting with him, one meeting with our team, with their team, and then together we've now partnered to form a European digital events team called crowd connect and their company is called sardius media in america and um what a remarkable moment when you're at the end of your tether and you send a note to somebody randomly who i didn't know to find out that they knew all about spring harvest so that was 2021 so then we were able to um go and talk to people who said well you can't sell tickets to come to a christian event that doesn't work to which i then said and this is this will now come across as smug okay so it's because it, i have no other way of it, now it's smug because I've said, but at the time it was like, oh, but we've already sold 2,000 and I was coming to you to ask if you could help me sell some more. Well, how have you sold 2,000? Well, the answer is because nobody told me we couldn't. I mean, I think if people had said you can't, I would have believed them. But sometimes you've got to have this kind of, you've got to do it anyway. Kate Wharton said that while doing New Wine online had been difficult, she'd actually also been hugely encouraged to see that God could continue to work through screens and the internet, just as he did in the big top. So in 2020, we, we gathered in a studio um, and it had a very sort of, um, well, I say it had a very TV recording feel to I've never recorded a TV show, I don't know, but I, it felt like I imagined that would feel. So there we were literally in a studio, um, sort of with a green room, and then you went on stage and you recorded you know, your hosting bit, and then you played the video of the speaker. Um, and so in some ways you thought, well, this is the same as what we do on stage. I'm standing here hosting, I'm doing the intro, I'm doing the notices, I'm, you know, I'm introducing the speaker, the speaker's you know, saying their bit, and then we're doing ministry. It's the same format in a way. But of course, as anybody who um, has done this in their churches knows, it's very strange to lead Holy Spirit ministry down mm. the camera when you can't see the people at the other end um I mean God can God can work through that and because he's God and he's gracious and we heard some extraordinary stories um and you, the I guess the sort of um that sense of of just speaking into this camera and saying I think maybe God wants to do this or I think maybe you know God's saying that and, and just hoping and trusting that there's somebody at the other end listening and responding and then hearing stories of what God was doing. I mean, that's amazing. Um, uh, the following year, 2021, of course, we'd had a bit more time to prepare. Um, we did things a little bit differently. So we gathered in a church rather than in a studio. Um, some of our speakers were able to come in live. Um, there were a few more people around. Um, you know, the, the restrictions were a bit different. We, we had a bit more sense of what we could do. So it wasn't quite the same as speaking entirely into a void there were at least a few people in the building but still there was very much that sense of talking to a who know who knew how many hundreds or thousands of people who you you couldn't see um 
And of course, our kids teams, our youth teams, our accessible teams, they'd recorded all sorts of content that was also going out kind of alongside that. So I'm, I'm absolutely in awe of the creativity of, of everybody who put things together. Um, and I think, what did we learn? I mean, I think I, I think we learned for absolute certain something that, you know, of course, we already knew about what God can do <laughs> when we completely rely on him and and that actually it doesn't sort of matter if you can't see it or can't I guess there's a sense if hopefully we don't do this but there's a sense in which when we're all together in the building you you could feel as if you you the host were in some way in charge of the process Hmm. I mean we're not and hopefully we wouldn't think that but actually when you're just in a studio looking down a camera you're under no illusions that you're (laughs) you're um you know guiding what's going on God's in charge Um, Hmm. and there's something very healthy about being reminded about that In Keswick, James Robson said he and his team chose in 2020 to scrap the planned three-week physical convention and instead pivoted to a new one-week-only online event with an entirely new theme, hope. And when 2021 rolled around, the Keswick organisers decided to take another leap of faith to trust the vaccine rollout and make a tentative return to an in-person event rather than run the convention solely online for a second year in a row. When the vaccines were announced in, in October 2020, um, I and the trustees felt convinced that because of the unique funding model for the Keswick Convention and Keswick Ministries, we should try and do something physically. So we went ahead and ran a physical convention in 2021, which was a great push and a great credit to the staff and to many, but it was very tough. So we ran a physical event and it was a real joy for the first singing for 18 months or so, or 17 months, to take place um, on the 19th of July, on the Monday in the Keswick, uh, in the tent. We obviously were operating with social distancing and masks and other kinds of things around that, but it was a real joy to have to meet together and I've heard numerous stories of how encouraged people were and just how blessed and how there was something of a statement that that was making. But as I say, we were uniquely placed to be able to do that because of the model that we've got operating with. Fast forward to this year and all the Christian conferences did return in person as normal. But many of the organisers said that they had learned things from their unwanted two years of lockdown, which would shape the future of their events. Kate Wharton from New Wine said the charity had wrestled with how to integrate live streaming into physical events, much as local churches had also done. Hmm. Of course, the question then becomes, how do we do that hybrid thing going forward? Um, And that's the question, again, that every church, every organisation, every event is thinking about. In my church, we still live stream our Sunday service because people still watch and some people watch all of them at home. Some people watch one day if they can't make it or catch up after the event. And so for us this year, there was a question around how did we do that? We decided not to live stream as such, but we what we did was we recorded. And so you could buy a digital ticket and watch all of our content 24 hours later. So if we, you know, if we had an evening meeting on Monday at seven, on Tuesday at seven, you could sit down at your computer and it was if you were with us live. And so we hope that was helpful for people. Do do you see these kind of changes, which are obviously prompted by the kind of unprecedented circumstances of COVID, 
as as quite kind of good things to almost stumble across, like you found with live streaming in your church. It might not be something you'd ever tried if it wasn't for the pandemic, but now you kind of feel like it's a it's an important kind of piece of the puzzle in terms of doing church in your context. Do you think it's the same is true of new wine that that some of these changes that you're gonna are gonna carry on indefinitely because actually they're kind of helpful additions to the offer, if I could use that language. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think people have approached it differently, haven't they? Because of course, for some churches, I, you know, mine's, a, mine's not a large church. We're not hugely well resourced. We've had some very skilled people who've stepped up to do the live stream and we're, and we're, gent- and we're you know, we're, we're, we're grateful for that, but it wasn't easy for us. Um, and I think, yeah, I think within UI, we've, it's been good to be able to offer that because there are some people, you know, our, our summer event um, is predicated around everybody staying in a big field together so most people camp in a tent or a caravan you can stay off site in a hotel but but a lot of people say well I can't do that I I just can't manage it Um, and so for those people now something's opened up that wasn't before and that's got to be a good thing it's got to be a good thing to be more accessible in that way Mm. Um, it's why we've continued to live stream some churches have said oh well you know I I know some people some people are worried well people won't come back you know if you keep live streaming they watch you know church in their pajamas and I kind of think well if if they can come back, I think they will come back if we're doing it right. You know, <laughs> we've got to c- create community in the building and, and online. I mean, we're, we're very, in our church, we're very kind of clear about how we try to do that. We want people to be engaged. They're not just watching a movie. Um, you know, we, we give people the opportunity to text in if they're watching at home to, to connect with us. And, and the same thing, you know, has to be true, I think, if on a larger scale, you know, really small things like making the effort in our sessions to welcome the people who are watching online so that it felt that they were connected um so I think yeah I think it's got to be a, a good thing of course of course we still want people to gather if they if they can do it um because if people don't gather we're not able you can't do one without the other you need the people to gather in order then to be able to stream that and um, um and have others join us Phil Luce from Spring Harvest said that the Covid season had been a helpful disruptor forcing Christians to re-examine things that had been done the same way year after year, just because that's how they'd always been done. I think um, what lockdown did was it shook everything up. It shook up everything. It gave you the opportunity on soil that had been rock hard, immovable, (laughs) to, to break ground. So those things that have been fixed for time immemorial, you know, whatever it might be, you had a chance to break new ground because the ground itself was broken. For new ideas you wanted to bring in, you had no option but to bring them in and super fast. I mean, we developed a thing called ecgo.org, Central Christian Go as a charity, which was an online subscription for 40,000 talks so that you can get fed where you are with a very small price point. And it's, uh, you know, it's teaching, but we delivered it in three months because we had no choice. We weren't going out to events to equip people. So we had to equip them online. So you go fast, you go innovatively, and it gives you an opportunity to bring about change. Um, I would say also it gave us an understanding into the people who we work with at a much greater level as to wherever we see ourselves on that kind of um, introvert, extrovert, or um, I like change, I don't like change scale. Everybody in our team, all of whom are different, showed remarkable adaptability and they shape-shifted to fit the mould that had changed around them. I mean, our event management team that had had 220 events in the diary to serve other Christian organisations and then it went to zero in lockdown, 
every single one of their job descriptions changed almost overnight because they now had to shape shift into other areas of knowledge, digital, online, online events, search engine optimization, building websites, all sorts. So it showed us remarkable adaptability and agility. And I have to say, I um, I think the phrase is I doff my cap. I think it's, you know, lift your cap and you wave your, you take your hat off to these people um, who, because of the calling on their life and because they wanted to see the church equipped, did it anyway, even though the situation and circumstances were, well, they were horrendous, horrendous, really. Nobody really enjoyed lockdown, I don't think, whatever they say. But yeah, yeah, there you go. Innovation. That's what happened. But despite all this, he said that no live stream or online offer could ever truly compare with the beauty of gathering in the flesh with your fellow believers to worship together. He recalled how earlier this year the Spring Harvest Director, Abby Guinness, had joined him at the back of a venue packed with 2,000 people for the first time in three years. Abby comes up to me and looks up at me and she goes, God, this is really special. And then I realised that actually what Abby was saying wasn't just a statement of fact it was an emotional there was a it was really really moving because it was two years of roller coasters two years of pivoting on a sixpence two years of can we go for it yes no we can't can we yes no we can't what it was awful but in that moment everything locked together welcome to spring harvest 2022 let's worship across the denominations, across the age ranges, across the generations, as one voice and without kind of that sense of um, anxiety, we worshipped. And the roof of the building, if it could have lifted off, would have lifted off. It can't because we have good health and safety. I want to point that out. (laughs) But there was that sense of beautifulness where the whole church gathers and in a lighthearted but really important way, we are worshipping, we are celebrating, we have missed this. Methodist, Baptist, Anglican, Pentecostal, you name your church you go to, New Frontiers, whatever it might be, we we were all gathered under one roof worshipping the same Lord Jesus. Absolutely breathtaking. And then over the course of those two weeks at Minehead and at Skegness, we saw people impacted. And, yeah, we could waffle on about um, what could we waffle on about? Well, we had radio stations for the first time tuning, you know, coming out broadcasting live from both sites. We had Yamaha Music joined us because they want to be a part of our future uh, because they equip the church for action, too. I mean, there's some of these amazing moments, 100 young people over them to 14s finding faith, all loads of stuff. But over the course of those two weeks, over 614 people, a specific number, because that's specifically the answer chose to say do you know what i want to follow jesus 614 how many people who don't go to church come spring harvest what would you a lot (laughs) what are they doing there well exactly and it's like friends and family and people come with their friends and family and they come to new wine and they go to keswick and they'll go to limitless and they'll go to um dreaming the impossible and they used to come to soul survivor and they'll go to keswick and i probably mentioned new wine already and I must not forget satellites because that's happening this week. And they'll take their friends. Young people will take their friends. Come at me. Mm. And then adults bring their family friends. Not all of them might have chosen to follow Jesus yet. They might still have some questions. Well, you know, we're about equipping the church for action. And people come to these events and make decisions about what they're going to do. Do you know, there was a couple who had a cup of coffee at Skegness uh, Spring Harvest a few years back. And the, the idea there was, well, what if we could provide a place where children who don't have a family could be welcomed home to a home and know that that's their forever home, where they're home for good. 
So that entire charity called Home for Good, um, the CEO is Tanya Bright, that started at Spring Harvest because people were inspired and impacted enough to want to make a physical difference in people's lives. Other charities like Stop the Traffic with Ruth Dernley, that was started as well at Spring Harvest. So you can imagine where when people gather, miracles happen. It's when God touches people's lives and they dream a bigger dream and they get a bigger vision. And then they go home and go, do you know what? We're going to actually do something in my community or in my street, in my town, village, city, in my nation to actually make a difference. And that's why an event that's physical is important, because when you come together, it is emotional. When you come together, there is emotion involved. But the, the, but it's, it's, it's an emotion with a practical outworking. It's not magic, people listening in. It's not magic. It's not emotional in terms of Darren Brown. It's not that. There's a real connection with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, who's touching lives and making a difference. That's it for this week's episode of Premier Christian Newscast. We'll be back next Monday morning. And to make sure you receive each week's show sent straight to your phone or tablet, make sure to subscribe on whatever podcast app you're using. If you're enjoying the podcast, please could you give us a rating and a review on your app. This really helps us spread the word about the show. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Premier Christian Newscast. 